Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. A member of the Pod Gods Network. It's podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. We're doing that again? That's a little throwback Thursday for you. <laughs> Um, welcome to another lovely edition of the Great Plot Podcast. Um, I'm back. Hey! Uh, on my adventure through the Upper East Coast. Not the whole East Coast. Yep. And, well, kind of mid... Because you went to D.C., right? Yeah, I guess that's kind of the lower part, sort of. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of driving. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, I, yeah, I really underestimated how much driving it was going to be. Because, you know, when you look at a map, or when you, even when you just think about it, it's like, oh yeah, those places are close together. I was in. We were driving from DC to Philadelphia for like six hours. Jeez. Although that was because we were avoiding tolls. The only toll we had to pay the entire time we were over there was on the GW. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, driving through several states that all had tolls. I think we, I think we won that one. <laughs> Go you! <laughs> we beat the system. <laughs> Damn the man! Um, so how you been? I have been well. Yeah, yeah. I would say how was your Halloween? But I saw you on Halloween, so right. Yeah. Um, how was the show without me? You heard it. <laughs> Much better, obviously. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm back now, so fuck you. <laughs> fuck Carlos. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, you had some work done? Excuse me? <laughs> on, your, on your face. <laughs> I had a tooth pulled, if that's what you're referring to. <laughs> I did not have cosmetic surgery, no. Sure could have used it. <laughs> <laughs> Break this bottle of your face and you're going <laughs> to need it. You got that? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Ah, fuck. Um, so, yeah, we're recording this early. Almost missed another one because uh, of some family things. But we're recording early, so I could be sure to be on this one. Yeah, like I said, this is Thursday, uh, November uh, 6th. Mm-hmm. So, and this episode will air Wednesday, uh, November 12th. Right. So if we missed any news in the next couple days. Then- we'll get to it later. <laughs> yeah. Deal with it. Fuck you. Um, yeah, we got, we got a lot of news though, so let's. Uh, yeah, we do. Maybe we should get to it. I was gonna think of something to say about my honeymoon, but nobody cares. Yeah, right. All right, horror business. So, as has become tradition. Here at the Great Plot Podcast, we're starting out with some true life horror news. Um, starting on a journey to North Carolina, where uh, a Satanist has decided, or decided several years ago, <laughs> he was going to murder, eat, and bury a couple people. Um, Pazuzu. Oh, he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pazuzu. Il- Ila Aligrad, or Algarad. 
I wonder if that's his real name. It's not. It's, okay. Uh, I should have written it down, but I didn't. So. God damn it. For the purposes of our show. This is why we replaced you last week. Oh, well, fuck me. <laughs> um, right. So, Pazuzu Alagrad uh, was arrested after the remains of two individuals were found behind his home in Clemens, North Carolina, buried in a shallow grave. Um, he has... He has a history of crime. Uh, he was convicted as an accessory after the fact in the shooting death of Joseph Chandler in 2010. So um, I imagine they're a little familiar with him down there. He sounds like he's just a real winner. Yeah. Uh, they had a picture of him. His fucking face is all tatted up and shit. He looks like a fucking weirdo. I guess he's got a bifurcated tongue. Oh. So, you know, he's 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 really into He's a cool guy. Yeah, he's really into the Satan. Um uh his victims, Tommy Welch and Joshua Wetzler, were both in their thirties. Um and I said as I said they were buried or no I didn't. He was, they were buried in his backyard in two thousand nine. Um apparently Algarod or Algarod um told people that he buried them there. And they just kinda of thought he was crazy. Just, yeah, you know, that, that's can't that, it be both. <laughs> that's just Pazuzu being Pazuzu. <laughs> that's so Pazuzu, TV show, right there. Yep. Hashtag. Yeah, I mean they canceled Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> Some, something's got to fill that whatever channel Honey Boo Boo was on time slot. Right. The you know the shit kicking channel. They got to fill in that that redneck hour uh, with I think it's I think it's on the same channel as that Duck Dynasty. God. Wait, no, it wasn't. I take that back. It wasn't. But uh, apparently, America's really into rednecks. So, you know, what's what's better than a redneck Satanist that uh, kills and eats people? Talking duck. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, apparently, told his friend that uh, he killed uh, Joshua Wetzler and Tommy Welch, um, and he told. <laughs> Pretty detailed story. Uh, the fact that he thought that he's crazy, it's like just pulling all these details out of his ass. All these, I assume, probably pretty grim details. Because not only did he kill him or kill them, but he uh, put them on the fire, ate a little bit of them, had a good old fashioned barbecue, right, and uh, burned you know burned the rest of the bodies in the fire and just buried the bones. Um. So <laughs> that Pazuzu, he's always been a spinner of yarns, right? So you can, you never know with him. Oh, that Pazuzu, he crazy. <laughs> um, police video taken inside the home where the satanic worship allegedly occurred um, is said to be stomach turning. Uh, now, well, this police video is this like after the fact? I assume it was like investi- investigation after probably the arrest was made. I assume. So they didn't have, like, surveillance on him or anything? <clears throat> no. Okay. But, you know, so you'd think enough people knew about it, you'd think they might have thought about Would have been a good idea. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the walls were covered in pentagrams, depiction of the devil. Just lost me there for a sec. You're good. Yeah. Um, depictions of the devil, animal feces, because what's a home without animal shit on the walls? Um and other putrid substances. I don't think I even want to know. 
um, covering the floor. What's, what's worse than animal feces that they wouldn't name? <laughs> what's what's more putrid than shit? Um, sperm whale sperm. Okay, just buckets of it, just just doused dip, throwing ropes. <laughs> Um, uh, there was also a sea of trash scattered on the floor of, uh, of his home. Um, also arrested in t- connection with the murder was Amber and Nicole Birch, uh, who was 24. So he's a bit of a cradle, cradle robber. Um, uh, she was charged with one of the murders. Uh, the, the police believe that Algarad killed one person and this... Amber Birch killed the other. Um, so she was re- uh, related, or not related. Maybe she's related. Yeah, she Who probably knows? is. <laughs> uh, she was charged with one of the murders. Um, she claimed when when the police uh, first came, uh, she claimed that she was his wife. There doesn't appear to be any record of that, as, as far as I'm aware. Um, but she claimed to be his wife, so maybe she's just his common-law Satanist wife. Um also, Crystal Nicole Matlock uh, has been charged as an accessory to murder. Um, so are they like a cult? It almost seems that way. I, I, I In reading about this, I never read the word cult at any point, but it, it kind of sounds like a cult. Yeah. Um, uh, District Judge Gordon Miller, uh, who actually, I'm sure, begrudgingly assigned public defenders to the, uh, to the three, Said if they're convicted, they're, they uh, face the death penalty. So, how'd you like to be that public defender? I'm going to assign you to this uh, Pazuzu. <laughs> oh fuck me! No. <laughs> uh, there was a time in my life where I considered, you know, going to law school and being a lawyer, but I gave up on that because I realized I would be doing one of two things: I would either be defending people that are guilty uh, as a public defender, or I would be defending people who are guilty as a private lawyer <laughs> or a private attorney. So there was really no winning. I'll, I mean, I'll, what am I going to join the DA office and put my neck on the line for, you know, gang members that want to kill me? Fuck that. Um, so he's in jail. Two people dead. It's probably for the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, for the best would probably be if they fried his ass, but. Right. Um, I guess there there was another part to this that I actually didn't put here in the notes. Uh, I th- uh, a, a former roommate of his uh, said that she either saw or he told her that he actually brought two hookers home and did the same thing to them. Killed him? Killed him, ate him, burned him. So. You ate her? <laughs> you ate her? All right. Um so look for that so Pazuzu on ABC TLC. Family. Because <laughs> the Disney Channel, you know, they're into those Satanists. Or not in Disney Channel, but uh, the Disney Company. Yeah. Coming this fall. Moving on. second real life story uh sounds like it could have been like the remake of last house on the left or something 
a Indian man. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> is it f- is it funny that I know exactly what you're going to say? Uh, yeah, probably a little. <laughs> um, his daughter was raped, and so this man invited the perpetrator to his home, served him a nice dinner, then tied him to a chair, scorched his genitals with hot tongs, and strangled him to death. He had been been planning this for two months. Uh, He did not go to the police because he was afraid that they would blame his daughter. uh, That's a cultural thing, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, He immediately turned himself in, and he is currently in custody. According to the police report... Based on his statement, we sent a team to the spot and recovered the body. It has been sent for a post-mortem examination, and his family has been informed. A case of murder has been registered, and the 36-year-old man was arrested. This is, um... This, like I said, this is straight off the screen. Right. Uh, you gotta wonder why he accepted the dinner invite. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if they knew each other? I, I don't know, but, I mean, you'd think they must have. Because if, if you didn't know me and I invited you to my house for dinner, what would you say? I'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Right. <laughs> Here's uh, a dollar. Go away. On the flip side, you just raped my daughter and I'm inviting you to my home for dinner. What do you say? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just got to wonder what was going through this guy's head when he voluntarily went into the home of the man whose daughter he just raped. So... Yeah, they they must have had a previous relationship. I guess. Um, God, scorched his genitals hot tongs, and he was and he killed him anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like he didn't just go for the throat. Literally, really? yeah. Uh, <laughs> keyword being just because he did do that. Hmm? I said keyword being just because he did do that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he wanted to make him suffer first. And that's that's a good way to do it. Sure is. Uh <laughs> singed his ball hair. Yeah. I wonder how his daughter feels about this. That's that's an excellent point. I wonder if she feels, you know, vindicated or something. Yeah. Or if she's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, really. <laughs> I think probably a little bit of both. Probably. Uh quite a situation. I wonder how old she was. I don't I mean, know. Not that it really makes a difference, but I mean, he's 36. Mm-hmm. So, here she's probably, you know, around 15 or 16, maybe. Probably. I would say on the high end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you, like you said, 36. I mean, she can only be so old. So, yeah, I, I, I'd say she'd probably top out at like 18. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. Yeah. Um, we don't condone rape here uh, on the Great Plot Podcast, except for Taylor, who condones no, tree rape. No, I do not condone anything. <laughs> he just thinks tree rape is funny. It's a little funny. <laughs> um, but just... Um, because it's fiction. But even fictional rape is... 
too much sometimes. Yeah. Especially if you're watching, like, you know, I Spit on Your Rave. Yeah. The remake in particular. Yeah. That's rough. Um, But in the interest of self-preservation, maybe if you rape someone, don't go to their house for dinner. Yeah, that's probably probably good. Actually, let's let's just stick with don't rape. Yeah, that that's, that's obviously the moral of the story. That's here. obviously the first and you know for, first and foremost. But uh, yeah, shall we press on? Yeah. Apparently we've got a new segment that I guess became official while I was gone. <laughs> Not became official the, uh, during Week of the Monster. But, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was just something that was kind of passing or fleeting. Well, it was originally going to be, but it has caught on, so. Well, all right. They keep giving it to us, so what are we going <laughs> to do, you know? Uh, well, the segment, uh, they're remaking that. Really? Um, we're going to be talking about... The remake of a very classic piece of film, um, Nosferatu. We're taking it back. <laughs> uh, the, God, the original was like, what, like 1920-something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, probably. Uh, German film. Um, and, you know, it's been remade already. <laughs> so I don't get it. Of course, other things have been re- remade multiple times, and it hasn't stopped yet. But 1922 was the original. Got it. Um, so this is not uh, this is obviously not a sure thing yet, um, because it is. Uh, it's going to have a Kickstarter campaign, so obviously they're trying to secure some funds before they make any solid plans. But it appears that David Fisher is tied to direct. I believe so. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's the one that's like spearheading the whole thing. So right, um, character actor Doug Jones uh, seems to be on board to play Count Orlock, um, which I think is perfect. I don't. Th- that's I don't, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Max Shrek was a tall, creepy, skinny guy. Who's better than Doug Jones? <laughs> True. <clears throat> of course, Doug Jones. I'm mean, like, have you ever seen Nosferatu? The, the original? I feel like I have, but I've, it's been decades. Mm, okay. Uh, well, Count Orlock was a very stiff character. There wasn't a lot of movement involved, and I think that's kind of counter to what Doug Jones does. I mean, dude, I, I think he's a contortionist. Oh, really? I think. I don't know for sure. I may be... Uh, misspeaking on that, but um, but he he's got he, he's wiry and he moves in weird ways, and I think that's part of his appeal in you know certain characters. Yeah, I mean we saw him at Crypticon. Yeah, and he was very like jovial in his movements, right? Very active and bouncy, and yeah. I mean we didn't unfortunately we didn't talk to him, but yeah. to you know, watch him talk to other people, he seemed like a very like big personality yeah. um 
And so, the, like I said, this seems very counter to what he, what his kind of typical character would be, uh, and just basically a strange, almost emotionless vampire. Yeah. Um, very stiff too. That's, um, I think it's right up his alley though. Personally, like I think he can pull it off easily. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he's obviously very talented. I don't, I don't have any doubt that he could pull it off. It just, um, but, uh, who's this quote from? This That's from Fisher. Okay. David Fisher is quoted saying, uh, the goal of this project is to produce a feature length, faithful homage to this classic masterpiece through the use of an, of a story structure, plot pacing, visual effects, and most importantly, sound and music. We believe this fresh take on an old tale will bring something new to to devoted fans and excite an entire new generation of audiences as well. Um, so, like I said, I'm, this has been remade once before. Yeah, 1979. Okay. And then also we had Shadow of the Vampire um, with uh, John Malkovich and, um, oh, Christ, I'm spacing out his name. Uh, he played... Um, Green Goblin, or played Norman Osborn. And, Willem Dafoe. Thank you. Uh, he played Max Shrek, but for those of you who haven't seen it, it I don't think it's much of a spoiler because it's kind of what the movie's about. You find out he actually is a vampire, like Max Shrek is a vampire. Which makes sense because Willem Dafoe is a terrifying looking individual. Indeed he is. I don't think they used a lot of makeup. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll put the uh, the Kickstarter link. Uh, is it already active? I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe we'll put the link in the show notes for sure. Um, and uh, kick down some money if you uh, want to see a new Nosferatu. 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 Staying on the subject of remakes, a remake that has been in talks for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, seems like, <laughs> since before the original came out. Yeah. Uh, the Crow is finally supposed to uh, begin production. All right. It's supposed to start shooting in the spring of 2015, according to producer Ed Pressman. Uh, there is no casting as of yet, but Luke Evans from Dracula Untold has been... Rumored for months. No, longer than that, I think. Years. <laughs> Decades. Centuries. <laughs> Millennia. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's... Uh, let's see. If you give me a sec. No, now. Uh, the producer, Ed Pressman, uh, was saying that we just haven't dotted the I's and crossed the T's. Uh, so it seems that... Chris Evans, not Chris Evans, um, Luke Fucking Evans. Chris Evans, that guy's in everything. <laughs> um, so it sounds like he is on board. They just haven't made anything official yet, which is fine because he's obviously very busy lately. And, um, you know, why commit yourself to something that hasn't even committed to itself yet? So, um, well, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to take the reins of Ed for a long, so. <laughs> 
or uh, Eric Mabius. Um, but I mean, e- even today, and you know, even though Brandon Lee himself wasn't the greatest actor, I mean, if you see him in like other things that he did, he's really just kind of a ham. <laughs> not not the greatest actor. Um, but his role as Eric Draven was obviously so highly regarded and still lives on today. I mean, you know, for a long time, I thought people just liked The Crow, ironically. But a lot of, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, actually like it for its content. I mean, I mean you've got a fucking pro wrestler who modeled his entire gimmick after The Crow. Right. I mean, obviously, The Crow was a comic book beforehand but anyway um yeah so i don't think this is gonna have a hard time finding an audience because the sequel sucked (laughs) but um the original was pretty good and like i said it still holds up today and people still fans of it and fans of the comic book are very adamant about it being done a certain way so we'll see how this plays out um are you excited for this I'm. I don't know if I call myself excited. Curious. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll see it for sure. Yeah. Um, I I like Luke Evans. Um, I've only seen him in a few things, but I, I've liked what I have seen him in, and he uh, he does all right. So I I don't know if I see him as Eric Draven though. That's my only thing. Really? Yeah. But goddamn fucking microphone cord. Um, but we'll see. Um. Yeah, so we don't really have a specific date, as Taylor said. So yeah, just spring of 2015 that they're supposed to start shooting. Right. So I, th- I think probably at the earliest we could probably expect to see it maybe uh, winter 2015, maybe. That that might be pushing it. You think? Yeah, I would say 2016 probably. Whatever. Uh, we'll see it when we see it. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this before. Um, I don't think we have. It seems weird because it's popped up every, you know, every, it seems like every few months it pops up. I think maybe we were waiting for something a little more concrete. Could be. Um, but we have an update on the Hellraiser remake, uh, which turns out it's not, it's not looking like it's actually going to be a remake. Um, you know, for starters, uh, Clive Barker uh, did an interview with Entertainment Weekly. He said, uh, I think the phrase is reboot, although I've never really understood what that meant. Uh, I yeah, join make- the club, Clive. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wanted to make sure we sounded... Wanted to make sure we sounded some fresh notes. Whatever the fuck that means. Like music. Notes. Music notes. Ah, sounded notes. Got it. Yeah. It's, okay. I know, it's odd phrasing. But- <laughs> Damn, Brits. Um... So he says the movie actually begins on Devil's Island. Now, I don't know what Devil's Island is, unless that's like... I believe it's an island in the French Riviera. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, I wanted to fold the Hellraiser narrative... Uh... What? God damn it. This... I don't know. This is copied and pasted, so I don't know. <laughs> was it... I think he may have been drunk when he was saying this, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> 
Um, see, he wanted to basically fold... Uh, I wanted to fold into the Hellraiser narrative something about the guy, the Frenchman Le Marchand, who made the mysterious box, which raises Pinhead. Okay. I figured... <laughs> well, what would you I... You have... just have reading comprehension problems. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I figured, well, what... What would have, what would have happened to him? He might he might as well have been taken to De- Devil's Island, and I thought that would have been a pretty cool place to start the movie. Um, I don't know why we didn't include him. It doesn't make any that sense makes it almost sound like a prequel. A little bit, yeah. Preboot. <laughs> no, not another one. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, I mean, in uh, Bloodlines, we were introduced to, uh, fuck, I forget his name, first name, but uh, Le Marchand, who, like he said, created the, the puzzle box that releases the Cenobites. Um, but the thing is, Pinhead wasn't a thing when that box was created. Uh, I mean, since Pinhead was, like, Doug Bradley's character he was a world war one soldier that got pulled into the box and became the head centibite so well to see doug bradley has not signed on so maybe there's not gonna be a pinhead well what the fuck's the point i don't know they're making goddamn friday the 13th without jason and making fucking scream without Ghostface. spoilers what whatever fuck them <laughs> Uh, Clive Barker said he recently turned the second draft of the screenplay into Bob Weinstein uh, and is now waiting for Dimension Films to get back to him on when the actual production of Hellraiser can begin. Um, no word on casting or director, so basically this is a smokescreen. I got a poster! <laughs> yeah, I mean, really all this movie has going for it is the, the relationship between uh, Barker and the Weinsteins. Yeah, pretty much. Um I mean, obviously, he made a script, which is a lot more than a lot of things can, or a lot of movies can say. But I don't know. I th- it's, before we started recording, I said to you, "I'll believe this when the cameras are rolling." Yeah, that's when that's when I'll consider this a movie. Um, I don't know, but like I said, if it doesn't have Pinhead in it, then what's the point? And if it's not Doug Bradley playing Pinhead, then what's the point? I mean, they did that once in the movie; it was fucking awful. Yeah. Did you see it? No. Oh, Jesus Christ! You wouldn't even if it, if you didn't have pins in his head, you wouldn't have known it was Pinhead. <laughs> like really, you would have thought it was just some guy. Good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I'm a little. I'm still a little embittered towards Dimension. Uh, because the only reason they made that shitty movie was to hold on to the rights. Yeah. So, it's stupid. Anyway. Um, done with this? I am, yeah. All right. spinoff series of The Walking Dead has found a director for their pilot. Mm -hmm. 
gentleman by the name of Adam Davidson, who is actually an Oscar winner. Hey! He won an Oscar for a short film he made in 1989. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has directed episodes of Law & Order, Monk, Six Feet Under, Lost, Dexter, Fringe, Community, and AMC shows such as Hell on Wheels and Low Winter Sun. Mostly good shows. Low Winter Sun is the show that they tried to force me to watch by showing trailers during the middle of Breaking Bad episodes. Right. <laughs> uh, and that didn't work out too well. Like, like, I swear to God, they would come in with commercials in the middle of dialogue and just be like, if you want to see the end of Breaking Bad, you got to watch this trailer for Low Winter Sun. It's like, <laughs> no, God damn it, AMC. I'm not going to watch fucking Low Winter Sun. I'm not going to watch it just to spite you. What do you think of that? <laughs> now show me what happens to Walter White. Um... But that's been canceled, I think. Low Winter Sun? I think so. Good. <laughs> Fuck that show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what shows he's directed, or what episodes he's directed on those shows, but most of them are good shows. Yeah. Uh, I've, well, except for Lost. Fuck that show. <laughs> I liked Lost. Everybody fucking liked Lost and was stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. Your face. All right. <laughs> Um, so this is scheduled to go into production later this year, which is like two months. This year is almost done. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if they've actually got it scheduled or not. Yeah. <laughs> or if scheduled is kind of a broad term. It's like, yeah, well. It's scheduled in we'll pencil. Yeah. Um, I still don't know how I feel about this. Me neither. I still think it's kind of pointless. Like, I like the idea of more Walking Dead. Sure. But I just don't want them to oversaturate the whole series mm -hmm. and then end up, you know, killing the the original because we just don't fucking care about Walking Dead anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, when they're planning for the Walking Dead to go into, like, what, 20 seasons or whatever? Yeah. Whatever a uh, uh, producer said. Or was that it? I think it was producer. AMC executive something. Somebody. Yeah. Some fucking guy. But yeah, planning for original Walking Dead to go in to, you know, double digit seasons. It's going to be really easy, like you said, to kill it by oversaturating it. Yeah. So I, I really wonder if they've taken that into consideration. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see. Really, the only thing we know that's different than the than the current Walking Dead is that it's in a different locale. Right, but it's, it still hasn't said where. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, we know the cast. Yeah. That's Well, not the, the cast. We know the characters. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For something that... I'm not convinced that this is going to actually start by the end of the year. Me neither. But... Uh, fuck, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. The tunes in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it hard to take. When people run in circles, it's a very, very... So, uh, somewhat related to The Walking Dead, uh, Robert Kirkman actually has a comic... Um, aside from The Walking Dead, called Outcast. Um, Which we discussed on the show before. Have we? Yeah. I don't remember it at when all. When it was like first 
uh, optioned for for a TV show. We just we discussed it. It was a ways back. Mm, okay, I, that sounds very vaguely familiar. That's like second, third episode shit right there, right? Yeah, it was. It was like I said, it was a while ago, right? Because um, it was actually optioned as a TV show before the comic ever hit shelves. Right. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, very vaguely, though. Um, but it has gotten its uh, main star and its director for the pilot. Um, it's going to stat- star Patrick Fugget. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably... What, Fug- it's Fugit, I'm pretty Fugit? sure. Okay, um, who starred in Saved and Almost Famous. Um, and it's going to be co- co-starring Philip uh, Glenister who was in Life on Mars, and Gabriel Bateman, who was in Annabelle. Uh, I don't know any of those people. Me neither. At least not by name. Um, but the pilot is going to be directed by Adam Wingard. Interesting. Right. So that's got me intrigued. Yeah. For those that don't know, Adam Wingard is the director of Your Next. Right. Which Tony and I both enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, he also directed the new movie The Guest, which... Like I said, it's new, so neither of us have seen it yet. But Right. Or heard of it. You haven't heard of it? I don't think so. <laughs> no. I saw a trailer. It looks pretty good. Hmm. And I've heard good things about it. Good things. Good things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is, if I didn't mention already, going to be adapted for uh, Cinemax. Skinemax. Hey. Um, you don't really hear that name very often anymore. I still, to this day, when I hear Cinemax, I just think of, like, late night porn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all it was good for when we were yeah. kids. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's, you know, just to kind of reveal the business of a cable network, they buy licensing to movies. And when those licenses expire, they'll move to a different channel because, obviously, another channel will buy the licenses. So that's why you see... Like on HBO, they run like the same three movies over and over on like all fucking five channels of HBO. Um, but you just don't hear about skin. <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear about Cinemax really making a lot of moves these days. Um, I mean, it's usually just HBO and Showtime, you know, buying up shows and and you know moving. Uh, fuck beyond just movies uh i mean i don't i don't know that i could even name a cinemax tv show oh i definitely can't yeah um but now you can right i mean maybe they're moving into that business i guess um do you know off the top of here what what outcast is about it's a supernatural horror that chronicles the story of Kyle Barnes, a man whose loved ones are involved in demonic possession since his childhood. As an, adult, as an adult, with the help of a reverend, he tries to unveil what lies behind the supernatural manifestations and why he seems to carry special peculi- peculiar... That's a hard word to say. Peculiarities. Um, Close enough. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Peculiarities. Was that it? That's it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so that could be good. Uh, I mean, it's Robert Kirkman, and do, you, do we know how involved he's going to be, if at all? Uh, I know he's an EP. 
course. I mean, that's that's just a name, yeah, or a title, I guess. Um, I don't know. We'll see how this goes, uh, and we'll keep you up to date on it as it uh, progresses. Scrape the skin with my fingertips. The brush of dead cold flesh appeased to me. Provoking images, delicate features, so smooth. A pleasant fragrance in the light of the moon. So, speaking of projects getting directors, the prequel to the 1974 Texas Chainsaw Massacre dubbed Leatherface, has found its directors. Julian Murray and Alexander Bustillo, a couple of Frenchmen, responsible for the movies... A couple in- of frogs. Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all our French listeners out there. <laughs> Monsieur Bleu Bleu. Uh, Murray and Bustillo are responsible for Inside... Levide and Among the Living. I don't know what any of those are. Me neither. But according to BloodyDisgusting.com, who originally reported the story, uh, Inside is supposed to be very, very good. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I believe, like a slasher movie. And this is according to Bloody Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, okay. I like Bloody Disgusting, but I haven't really been too sure of their choices in the last couple of years <laughs> i i don't really read their reviews so i'm not sure it's not so much reviews well i guess they're kind of reviews but i don't know they've gotten into you know putting their name on movies and so i feel like that makes them a little biased oh the bloody disgusting selects yeah and if obviously that makes them seems to make them a little biased towards some movies and I don't know. I, I don't want to badmouth them here because I, I do love the site and um, yeah, some great writing on there, but I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. Anyway, continue. Anyways, uh, Leatherface is being written by Seth M. Sherwood and being released by Millennium Films. Uh, that's really it right now. No word on who will be playing Teenage Leatherface. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah. You know, if I think the smart thing to do would have been to wait for the um, Friday Thirteenth TV show to play out, see how that how that went, watch that go down in flames, right? Um, before investing your money in this, probably would have been a good idea. Yeah, but that's Hollywood for you. <laughs> it's a tough business, kid. So, so you're not excited for this then? God no. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, I, I've never been a huge uh, Texas Chainsaw fan. I, I don't dislike it at all. Um, I'm just not crazy about it, like I am for you know Friday the 13th or, mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, Nightmare on Elm Street. To me, like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Texas Chainsaw was a great movie, but a terrible franchise. I can agree with that. Like, the original is great. It is just a fantastic movie. It is the definition of dark and gritty. It it did dark and gritty before dark and gritty was a thing. It is the hipster version of dark and gritty. <laughs> so, um, but all so, the sequels, the fucking Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger one, <laughs> those were all just 
shite. But Chop Top. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I the, I do have love for Chop Top. Um, <laughs> the, the remake wasn't terrible. No, I think uh, uh, probably aside from Friday the 13th, I think that's maybe the only Platinum Dunes movie that I like. Yeah. Um, and it got it got torn apart by fans. I mean, I guess they all have, but um, that one in particular seemed to just get ripped apart. Still to this day, it's like people just hate it with a burning passion. Well, you know, you can't please everyone all the time. No, because most people are assholes. Well, it's it's like if you do a shot-for-shot remake, then people are going to just bitch out that you just you know didn't come up with anything original. And if you try to do something new, then it's you didn't stay true enough to the original. Yeah. So you can't fucking win. Yeah, and it's, I feel like a lot of people, that one in particular, you know, fans of the original, they appreciated that kind of like literally gritty kind of grindhouse look, and just kind of made it feel like almost like a whole movie a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's like, for fuck's sake, people, people don't film like that anymore. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like people don't film on film. They don't, I mean, they have better cameras and it's like, and the, this is a bigger budget movie. Yeah. Which I think I've made that argument before about making, like having a big budget for something that needs to have a small budget. Yeah. Um, but then you had to, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, which was a prequel. To the remake. To the remake, right. right. And that was just a turd sandwich. That was really bad. It was awful. Um, but then this is like a prequel even before that, because that wasn't Teenage Leatherface. Like this one's supposed to be, so. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, people really... Seem to just hate uh, TCM 3D. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, Alexander Daddario aside. I know. <laughs> hey. Um, aside from her, it wasn't that bad of a movie. Wasn't that good of a movie? <laughs> well, no. But, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to sing the Facts of Life song, but I couldn't remember any <laughs> line after that. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them all, and then you have the Facts of Life. The, the Facts, facts of, of Life. Life. That's enough. Yep. Um, no release date on this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Probably 2016 sometime, maybe. Who cares? Fuck it. It's driving me insane Although you try to fight Drag from the silence Where you hide Till you scream So Taylor already fucked this story in the ass Yeah, it deserved it <laughs> The story's fucking bullshit anyways It sucks, but I can understand it Um... So we've talked to you before about the Scream TV series, and there's been a lot of speculation on whether or not Ghostface will be involved in it. It's looking like... Ghostface no. killer? Yes. Wu-Tang? Wu-Tang is the greatest! <laughs> um, 
Okay, so it, it looks like it's really just a matter of um, the, the Weinstein Company and was this MTV it's going to be on yeah. not wanting to spend the money to buy the rights to the Ghostface mask because the Ghostface mask itself is property of Fun World. Um, R.J. Torbert, who created the mask uh, for Fun World, said, Please note that I have been in communication with TWC regarding this. That's the Weinstein Company. Wow. I totally thought it was Time Warner Cable. (laughs) And I didn't really understand what was going on. (laughs) Um, And they have informed me that as of now, during the initial launch, Ghostface is not involved in the new format. They also indicated that because of this direction, it does not mean that Ghostface will not be involved at a later date. So, there's still a question to the question. However, as of now, there is no involvement. Um, We believe Scream is Ghostface, and Ghostface is Scream. Uh, However, while Ghostface is owned by Fun World, the Scream motion picture franchise is owned by the Weinstein Company, and it is their option to film a movie or TV show without Ghostface. Regardless, we wish them the best of luck, and I'm sure that Scream fans will check out the series. Who knows what will happen in the future regarding the series and Ghostface. Never say never. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I'm not a businessman. Well, at, a, at heart I am. But I don't have you know insider knowledge of a lot of things like this. But it seems to me like there could be a lot of money made if they just licensed the mask to the Weinstein Company for free. And just reaped all the profits from selling Scream masks. Yeah. Because you know that's going to peak interest again when it, you know come Halloween. Yeah. They're going to sell thousands and thousands, if not millions of masks. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe the Weinsteins want in on that. Fuck the Weinsteins. They're making enough money. Well, yeah. I, I think the most important line of this is... Scream is Ghostface, and Ghostface is Scream. If you can't make this show without Ghostface, don't make this fucking show. Yeah. That would be like making a Friday the 13th TV show without Jason. Oh, wait, they did that. Hold on, let him catch up. <laughs> um, could feature a dis- different mask. It's a part so it wouldn't be Ghostface, and therefore completely irrelevant. It's just Oh no, it's Kabuki Man. <laughs> hey, that's property of Troma. There's a Kabuki Man in Troma? Yeah, Sergeant Kabuki Man. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Can't have any masks. He's a he's a he's a sergeant in the NYPD. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well then pantyhose head. That's sure. That's the new scream killer's pantyhose head. They call him the peeping tom. <laughs> So this, as a bag stature. I remember when we first reported on this, and we said, this looks and sounds stupid. And then I remember we reported on the cast of characters, and we said, this sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> and now, this sounds fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, when will they listen to us? <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're nothing but we're nothing if not consistent. It's true. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's fucking MTV. Uh, 
you know, I'd love to trash it like I did the first time we talked about this. I think it was the Halloween episode. The very first time we talked about this. I think this. you're right. Um, not not this year's Halloween episode. Our second of all time episode. Um, and, you know, I talked about, compare, or I compared it to Teen Wolf, which I have since watched, and it actually isn't that bad. So, mm, I don't know. It sounds stupid, but so did Teen Wolf, and Teen Wolf wasn't that bad. Yeah, but at least Teen Wolf has a wolf. That is that is true. Um, yeah, uh, so this is most likely going to be a disaster. Yeah, most likely. So the next story is essentially the worst kept secret in Hollywood, <laughs> but uh, it's officially been announced that Neil Patrick Harris will be joining the cast of American Horror Story Freak Show. Hey! I am a huge fan of Neil Patrick Harris. Because... Because what, Tony? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't come up with anything that wasn't just going to be really offensive to so many people. (laughs) Because he can act, sing, dance, juggle, do magic. Can he sing? He can sing well enough. <laughs> All right. I'll he give you sing, that. Sing well enough to win a Tony. I guess. <laughs> uh, he will be joining the cast for the final two episodes. He originally discussed the role on Twitter with creator Ryan Murphy. I remember we we had talked about this before, and you were like, it's strange to me that these multi-million dollar business deals get started on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I guess Twitter is just like the new conference room. Apparently. <laughs> uh, Harris will play a chameleon salesman, which is interesting. I, I don't know if that's like a thing. It's not literally a chameleon salesman. Yeah, is he like a salesman who can change his spots or is he a literal chameleon salesman I don't know I'm gonna look it up go ahead and keep talking alright he's been working on the character with Ryan Murphy who was quoted as saying he had very specific ideas for what he wanted to do and I had very specific ideas so we're working on melding those and then also joining the cast for the final episode of the season will be Neil Patrick Harris's husband David Burtka, who, for those of you that don't know, you may recognize him as Scooter from How I Met Your Mother. Scooter, that was the name I couldn't remember. Uh, he will have a sexy storyline with Jessica Lange's character, Elsa Mars. Ooh, sexy. Did you get any uh, get any updates on the chameleon uh, salesman there? I, I googled the term chameleon salesman. Okay. And I got an entire page about Neil Patrick Harris, so... <laughs> I'm going to guess that it's not some euphemism, that's not the right term, but... uh, Metaphor? Yeah, it's it's not uh, a description to describe something else. So he actually sells chameleons? I guess. (laughs) I didn't know that was a thing, but... Interesting. All right. Well, I am excited for this. Yeah. 
if you know, I don't know. He's gained such a, a f- popularity and a following being funny. So to be dramatic, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to take him seriously. That's true, but I mean, on on Broadway, he does a lot more serious stuff. He did like Sweeney Todd, for example. True, which just the image of him as Sweeney Todd. <laughs> and I know that like the, the the way Sweeney Todd could look is you know up open interpretation, but I just keep imagining him as Johnny Depp's Sweeney Todd. Yeah, um, but. I don't know. I am not a Broadway person, so I don't know. Um, well, we'll see. Because like I said, he will be on the final two episodes, and then Bertko will be on the final episode. We will see. Wait, is that right? Because I thought they weren't going to be in any of the same episodes. Uh, not what I read. Huh. Okay. But if you're wrong... You're going to apologize to all these people. Okay. So is it me or just there's a lot of cool shit keep happening in Chicago and we're not there? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Mad Mobster Party, which is going, it's, it's a, a, a crime and horror convention, I think. Yeah. Um, taking place, uh, in February of next year, uh, Kane Hodder is going to be making an appearance, uh, as Jason. What? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Uh, so anybody that knows anything about Friday the 13th know that he is regarded as the Jason. He is the only actor to portray Jason more than once. Correct. Um, he started in uh, Friday the 13th 7 and played him every time up until Jason X. Uh, no, I take that back. He didn't play him in Freddy vs. Jason which I believe came first. Um, but uh, yeah, so 7, 8, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. He's played them in all of those, and like Taylor said, he has, nobody else has played him even twice. So this, And this is it. This is the last time he's right. doing Jason. This is similar to how Robert England did the, the one last time with Freddy. Yeah, it makes me wonder if he like took a cue from him or something. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this is going to be happening, like I said, in February on Friday the 13th. Eh? 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 I get it. Um, the costume is going to be uh, designed by John K- Carl Buechler, uh, who was the FX designer on Friday the 13th, The New Blood. That's the seven, seventh one for all you kids at home. Um, and he will be available for uh, autographs and um, photographs. Uh, a photo package... <laughs> Is going to cost you $199. Now, Less than $200. <laughs> um, it's gonna fe- that will feature one autograph from Kane and John. 
uh, an in-makeup photo with Kane on a green screen background, and admission to a Q&A. Worth it. It does not include admission to the event. You still have to pay for a ticket to get in the door. And that's and how they get then pay $199 on top of that. Right. Uh, I believe one day ticket admission is $25 and a weekend is 50 Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what I read. Well, all right. Um, so if you're a Friday the 13th nut like myself, this is awesome. Uh, and, you know, I never thought of myself as somebody that would really ever want to be in Chicago. But like I said before, a lot of cool shit keeps happening there. And it's kind of making me want to be there. <laughs> um, so if you're in the greater Chicago area or anywhere that you can get there, uh, I would highly recommend going to Mad Mobster Party. Uh, if you want to get details, um, other events, other guests, go to madmobster.com and check that out. Grab your tennis shoes and your canoe and your old flat top guitar, your fishing pole, your tent full of holes, and throw it in the back of the car. We're going camping. Are you ready for some camping? I wish we had Carlos for this segment. Yeah, I was thinking that when I, when I was originally reading this. Uh, we've discussed horror video games a lot, but one thing that we haven't really seen is a good slasher video game. Uh, you know, back in the day, there was Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street on NES, but those were kind of shite. Yeah, they were shit and they were hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it looks like that may be changing with a game coming out called Summer Camp game is being developed by gun media it is a third person slasher will and it will let the players choose to try and survive as a camp counselor or stalk the naughty teens as the killer Ooh, the naughty teens Ooh, so naughty <laughs> we know what happens to naughty teens they die they die they get dead they get all cut up uh, uh sorry go ahead no, no, this, is, this is yours all right good the uh game is heavily influenced by the friday the 13th franchise the camp is called Camp Forest Green, which, if you remember, Part 6 was the uh, name that they changed Camp Crystal Lake to. Uh, the whole town, actually. There you go. <laughs> um, as they have hired a special effects supervisor by the name of Tom Savini. You may have heard of him. Yeah, it's there. Damn it. Well, more radio for you guys. Tom Savini? Yeah? You know him? Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> you don't know him. I know him. You don't know Tom Savini. I smoke pot with him. What? <laughs> what? I haven't heard this story. <laughs> and the score to the game is by Henry Manfredini, who did the score to Friday the 13th, and is the man responsible for... Uh, I think you mean... He is the man that we referred to as Henry Mancini in our drunken cinema. <laughs> oh, we, we're precious. We, we drink too much. <laughs> oh, look, beer. <laughs> um, this is going to be, did you already say Steam, Xbox One, and PS4? I did not say that yet. Well, there you go. Thank you for 
taking the reins on that. Yep. That's, uh, why, we, that's why we work well. Yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find all the details. Uh, Including a trailer and screenshots. Yep. At? <laughs> summercampgame.com. All one word. Yeah. It, did you look at it? Did you watch the trailer? I did not. The trailer really shows you nothing. <laughs> of course. Did you look at the screenshots at least? I saw a couple, yeah. They, they look pretty good. Yeah, the graphics are really impressive. I mean, those next-gen systems, you kind of have to They're do. fucking bitching. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a side note, and maybe something I could save for after the show, but I'm not going to. found out the new Assassin's Creed game is on PS4 only. And I can't just trade in my PS3 because then I can't play my PS3 games. Oh, it's not backwards compatible? No. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, I'm fucked. Well, that's a kick in the dick. Yep. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, go check this out. It looks pretty cool. And um, I don't plan on having an Xbox One or PS4 anytime soon, but maybe I'll go over to Carlos's house and play it or something. You get it on Steam. I'm not paying for that. <laughs> Cheap ass. <laughs> We mentioned before that they appear to be getting fired up on a... Who is they? You know them. Okay. You you know. You you know. (laughs) They are uh, the executives at Universal Studios. Oh. Um, We mentioned that they are working on getting a new Universal... Monsters universe. Universal universe. There you go. You got it. (laughs) You figured it out. (laughs) Um, uh, Working on getting that started. And it appears that the first step in that was Dracula Untold. Which... You remember the Wolfman in 2010? Yeah. No, you don't. That didn't happen. (laughs) Don't worry about it. But do you remember I, Frankenstein? Nope. Didn't happen. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> also, remember all those mummy movies with Brendan Fraser? Nope. Never happened. Because the mummy is coming out June 24th, 2016. And it will have nothing to do with those movies. Right. It will star Brendan Fraser. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> it will take place in modern day, though, not the 19. 19- 20s or 30s, whatever the fuck it was. Um, which is weird, because they want to create a unified universe. Unified universal universe. Uh, um, but Dracula Untold clearly took place in like the Dark Ages. Yeah, but he's fucking forever. Sure, but... I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but does it have like a sudden jump in time to show that he's still like kicking ass? If it's anything like Marvel movies and there's a fucking Easter egg at the end where he meets the mummy or something. (laughs) You know what we should do? We should team up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the mummy uh, has a release date. I said that. You did say that. Um, It also has a writer. It does have a writer. Say his name. Uh, 
Jonathan John Spades. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced. Spades. Spades. <laughs> you have to say it like that every time. <laughs> okay, it's being written by John Spades, who was the writer of Prometheus, or a co-writer maybe, because I think Ridley Scott had something to do with it at least. Um. And it's being directed by Alex Kurtzman, who is a familiar name. Uh, Alex Kurtzman hasn't directed much in the way of movies. I think he's mostly a TV director. Could I, be. I think he does a lot of producing as well. Could be. Could be. Yeah, he has directed three movies. Nope. Two movies. Nope. One movie and two TV shows. I... This is very familiar. I'm pretty sure we've done this exact thing before. Uh, He has directed the movie People Like Us. That is his only movie directing credit. And then he has directed unknown episodes of the series New Day and one episode of Alias. Well, all right. And he's directing Venom. Whenever that happens. Yeah, the release date is listed as question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Right. But he does have 43 producer credits, including The Amazing Spider-Man 4. Has 3 even come out? Nope, but I'm pretty sure he was producer on the first two. Um, Hawaii Five O, Sleepy Hollow. Yes, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, people like us. Star Trek. Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> so not a lot of directing prowess, but a lot of experience in movies. Uh, and a whole bunch of writing uh, credits, too. Um, he... I mean, he did, like, the same shows, basically. Hawaii Five-0, Sleepy Hollow. Um, but then also Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, Fringe, Star Trek, Cowboys and Aliens, um... Apparently, he made the mistake of writing Transformers movies. <laughs> uh, um, so he's really cut his teeth in the writing field, but uh, I don't know that he's necessarily made his mark as far as, a, or, you know, being a director. But familiar name nonetheless. Um, so that is uh, set for release on June 24th, 2016. Um but wait, there's more. There's also a mystery project. Ooh, mystery. Nobody knows what it is, for sure. Um, but it has its release date. <laughs> Get ready for this unannounced movie on April 21st, 2017. Um, there's speculation that it could possibly be a Van Helsing movie. Um, Which is on Alex Kurtzman's credits. Right. Um, but I don't know why you would make it. Van Helsing movie. You're trying to create a new generation of universal monsters. I assume using the same monsters, being that they did the Mummy and Dracula. So you'd think they'd be working on Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, those guys. You would think, yeah. Blueberry. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. But. Uh, and this could also be a potential crossover movie. 
yeah, there's there's been talk for a while that they want to make a Avengers style universe where there's all this crossover from the characters, and then they basically make Monster Squad, right? Uh, because Wolfman has Nards. Yep. This whole conversation is very familiar. <laughs> I, almost positive we said a lot of these things. It's possible. <laughs> we say a lot of things. <laughs> um. So if it is a Van Helsing movie, I wonder if we will see... Hugh Jackman? God, I hope not. <laughs> I was going to see say if we see fucking Luke Evans as Dracula. I have to assume so. I mean, I don't understand. If, if they couldn't get him on contract for like three movies, let's say, then I don't understand what the point of including that movie in this revamp of the Universal Monsters world. Well, and why would you make a Van Helsing movie if you can't put Dracula in it? Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. I don't understand the way Hollywood works. I just really I understand don't. a lot of things. Because you're stupid. Beer. <laughs> Time to kill more brain cells. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... We'll uh, keep an eye out what this mystery project is and let you know as soon as we know. Beaver one, beaver all. Let's all do the beaver call. Beaver two, beaver three. Let's all climb the beaver tree. So speaking of release dates and fucking exciting ass movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm finally, after a long wait, freestyle releasing has picked up for U.S. release. Zombievers, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> uh, Zombievers will be coming to VOD and select theaters on March twentieth, two thousand fifteen. You may remember we talked about this cinematic masterpiece (laughs) once before Uh, but in case you don't remember the film follows a group of college students headed out into the wilderness for spring break unaware of the danger that lurks beneath the lake unbeknownst to the vacationers a chemical spill has irreversibly altered the wildlife and zombievers are on the prowl I like that zombievers is capitalized like it's a trademark or something (laughs) like they're a a team or something (laughs) As a weekend of sex, drugs, and debauchery gets underway, the beavers close in on their prey, and the bloodthirsty beasts really do take the term killer weekend to the next level. I'm fucking sold, dude. <laughs> you would. <laughs> this sounds just so right up my alley. <laughs> this this sounds like it's like Piranha 3D is Oh yeah, immediately definitely. comes to mind. Yeah, exactly. And that's why this just so awesome it sounds like just the perfect combination between probably you know obviously uh, ample amount of sex but also just over the top gore and uh, you know violence and just stupid shit (laughs) just stupid imagery stupid scripting stupid acting all that shit and I fucking love it I'm pumped to see it I've been wanting to put this on our calendar for a long time, so as soon as, uh, well, I mean, March 20th, the the day after, or the episode after that, is expect that on the calendar. 
Yay. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, I agree with everything you said about it being stupid. <laughs> I do not, however, share your enthusiasm for it. <laughs> It sounds like a fucking sci-fi movie that's going to show on a Wednesday. If it didn't look... If it looked at all like it was taking itself seriously, I probably wouldn't be interested. But the fact that it's clearly a joke... That's true. And everybody that's involved with it knows that, then, you know, it's it's going to be fun. I, if nothing else, it's going to be fun. I wonder if it's going to take off and get a cult status like fucking Sharknado. <laughs> Have you seen the poster for Sharknado 3 yet? Uh, I'm not sure. It has the White House at the bottom. Oh, God. <laughs> and then a giant three and a shark in outer space. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. And the tagline is, oh, hell no. <laughs> Oh, fuck me. <laughs> oh, please tell me there's a token black guy in it. <laughs> I haven't seen the cast yet, but I'm I'm sure there is. It's probably Ving Rhames. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, anyway. All right, so look for Zombievers on VOD and in select theaters March 20th, 2015. You'll probably forget about that, but we'll remind you. Tony will remind I'll you. I'll remind you. So I just pulled up the cast list for Sharknado 3. Returning, Tara Reed and Ian Zaring. Of course. And introducing Vanilla Ice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. So that's going to be gold. Of course. Maybe he'll make up a rap about sharks. Like he did for Ninja Turtles. Shark, shark, shark. Rah. <laughs> go shark, go shark, go. <laughs> oh, oh, where were we? Um, fuck, some fucking thing. Uh, Relativity Studios has acquired the, mo- the rights to the movie Lazarus from Tommy Blum. <laughs> And Blumhouse Productions. It's actually Jason Blum. This is the second Blumhouse film that has been acquired by Relativity. The first, a film you may have heard of, called Oculus. Yeah. A little movie that uh, came out. (laughs) (laughs) That we reviewed. You may have heard that. We did. If you didn't hear it, then you should go listen to it. Now. We'll wait. Wasn't that delightful? Uh, Lazarus stars Mark Duplass from The League. Uh, Olivia Wilde from... Was she the one from G4? Or is that Olivia Munn? That was Olivia Munn. I always Olivia get confused. Ma- Olivia Wilde was in uh, uh, House. And she was in, uh, I think, In Time. I think it was that Justin Timberlake movie. 
Oh, right. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I always get those two confused. Uh, Evan Peters, who, of course, is from American Horror Story every season. And X-Men. X-Men? Yeah. Who was he in X-Men? Uh, he's in the newest one. He's. Uh, oh, I haven't seen the newest one yet. No, neither have I. Um, but he's actually, he's going to be in Avengers 2 as well. Really? Yeah. As who? Quicksilver. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And uh, the hot Olsen sister is playing Scarlet Witch. Um, Elizabeth? The, yes. one from, the one from Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. That one. Uh, Lazarus also stars Donald Glover from Community. <laughs> Curveball. A.K.A. Childish Gambino. <laughs> A.K.A. Token Black Guy. <laughs> A.K.A. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so that is an interesting cast for a horror movie. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I know Mark Duplass is mo- moving into horror with that movie Creep. Right. That him and his brother did. Um, and then Evan Peters is, you know, obviously not a reach for horror, but... Um, I don't see Olivia Wilde being a huge reach either. It's that's just, true. She's, Donald Glover's the curveball here. Yeah. That, that's throwing me for a loop. I haven't seen him do anything besides comedy. Me neither. I, I don't know that if I could even take him seriously. Yeah. But. So that should be interesting. Um, it's written by Luke Dawson and Jeremy Slater, who I don't know anything about. Me neither. Uh, it's directed by David Gelb, who is the director of Hero Dreams of Sushi, which I'm, I am I only know because my girlfriend is constantly trying to get me to watch it on Netflix. I believe it's a documentary. All right. Uh, Lazarus follows a group of medical students who discover a way to bring dead patients back to life. Now, this is a plot that I could swear has been done to death. That's that's literally the whole plot. That I, I searched the internet, and that was the most I could find. That that's their IMDb, <laughs> word for word. So I don't know if this is a zombie movie or what exactly. The, the the premise here is, but that's maybe they're trying to trick us, and it's actually going to be a sequel to Reanimator. Oh, I wish Jeffrey Combs comes out of the darkness. Uh, it's going to be released February twentieth, two thousand fifteen. Um, released internationally by Lionsgate because, of course. <laughs> I just sold a movie to Lionsgate. Yeah. Five like, minutes ago. Yeah, like just now. I'm going to sell one in like <laughs> ten minutes, too. I'm writing it on a napkin as we speak. <laughs> I'm going to promise them it's going to be good and they're going to buy it. Yep. Uh, so, I don't know what to think of this. It kind of seems like there isn't much to think about. That's true. Uh, I will say I'm curious. I, the cast alone yeah. piques my curiosity. I, I, you know, Mark Duplass, who obviously has a history in comedy, and then, you know, Donald Glover, it makes me wonder if it's going to be... Well, Mark Duplass technically has a history in mumblecore, which I'm still not sure what that is. <laughs> um, well, you know, the fact that the, he and Donald Glover are both starring makes me wonder if it's not necessarily going to be, like, just a dramatic or if it's going to be more you know have comedy elements 
or you know be kind of a dark comedy or, or something very possible I mean uh, again this plot line, plot line doesn't really reveal much at all so no it really doesn't it could go in any direction I mean it could be a fucking cartoon for all we know <laughs> um so yeah yeah I mean I guess we'll find out in four months I suppose so he did the match he did the monster match the monster match it was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Wow. From my laboratory in the castle east. And to wrap up this edition of Horror Business, um, Digging Up the Marrow, which is a movie we've talked to you before, or talked to you about before, uh, directed and not written, right? No, I think it was. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Directed and co-written, I believe, by Adam Green. Um, it's a movie that, if you listen to the Movie Crit podcast, he's been talking about for fucking ever. And it's one of those things where it's just like you start, you know, grinding. You're not... <laughs> I was going to say grind, grinding your chair, but, but that's not what I meant. Grinding your chair? Yeah. The hell does that mean? I meant like clawing, clawing at your chair. That's that's what I was going for. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why grinding. Was don't first. grind on my chairs, please. <laughs> Stop that! I have uh, to throw that out. Just, just hit it with the hose. Um, yes. So this is uh, a movie. Like I said, he's been talking about for fucking ever, and it, it appears that now it has actually uh, been acquired for distribution. By Image Entertainment. Um, we don't have a solid release date yet, other than just 2015, which is just his fucking style. God damn it. <laughs> um, For the next three months, he'll be like, we're, we're right on the brink of announcing something. Right. And then he won't actually announce anything. Right. Um, yeah, the plot of the movie is that he will actually be playing himself. Um, filmmaker Adam Green receives a package from a strange man, played by Ray Wise, who we all know and love. Um, if you don't know who Ray Wise is, he was from Twin Peaks, uh, How I Met Your Mother. RoboCop. RoboCop. Yep. Um, receives a package from a strange man claiming he can prove that monsters exist and that he, er, he and his crew are taken on a mysterious, fantastical, and ter- terrifying journey into the shadows deep underground below our feet. Uh, Digging Up the Marrow is a documentary-style film that blends reality with fantasy in a way that will leave even the most hardcore skeptics believing in the existence of monsters. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, Green refers to it as a manipumentary, which is a... Not a thing. Terrible made-up word. Um... It's it's a mockumentary basically. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's shot in documentary style. So it's more or less found footage. Yeah, exactly. Except you know, it's obviously filmed by a professional film crew. Yeah. But I, I like that he plays himself, and that all the characters in it. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's from what we understand, there are going to be a lot of horror icons in it playing themselves. Um, I could have just formulated this in my head or maybe I did hear him say it at one point but I believe there is a 
part that actually takes place at like a horror convention. I believe you're right. Okay, yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I'm fucking excited to see this, but I'm getting really sick of waiting. Well, and all the monsters are designed by an artist by the name of Alex Pardee. Right. Who is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's he's, his work is fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, got a really um, kind of abstract and surrealist style to it. Yeah. Um, I like his work where he, he's already taken like an established work, you know, char- character or something of that nature and kind of put his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Did think. you ever see the poster he did for The World's End? I don't know. That's awesome. Wait, yes. Yes, I did. Um and yeah, it is awesome. He is great work. Um, in fact, I'm going to pull up his website. I want to give him a mention. He's he's definitely a very original style. Yeah, you know, like you you can look at something that he did and you know that's an Alex Party. Right. Um, it's a very familiar style. It, that actually, it reminds me a lot of the guy that does, did his work for um, uh, Fear and Loathing. I could see that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just it, it. His art is very similar to like tag art, in a way, but much uh, much smoother, and yeah. Um, anyway, his uh, his website is I suck ink. That's e y e s u c k i n k. Go check out his work. He's got. His homepage has just got a bunch of his uh, of his past work on it. It's really awesome. I know we follow him on Instagram, right? He posts a lot of really cool art there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, give him a check. Not don't give him a check. But I don't know what I'm saying. Fuck. Give us a check if you're gonna give anybody a check. <laughs> Go buy a gray flat T-shirt. <laughs> Hoodies now available. <laughs> um. No, but for real, buy a Grave Plot t-shirt. Yeah. Keep the lights on. <laughs> Here at the Grave Plot Studios. <laughs> uh, shit. All right. That's it. <laughs> That's going to do it for horror business. Um, but So before we jump into our reviews, let's uh, go check out a ad from another one of our Pod God family. Hi, this is Ryan from GreenUp. I'm bringing you breaking news straight from our GreenUp studios in Oregon, which is code for me sitting my fat ass in front of my computer in my spare bedroom. With the power of editing and quote-unquote purchasing clips off the internet, I bring you none other than Ron Burgundy to help me bring you the news that you need to hear. It's very important. Mr. Ron Burgundy, please tell these listeners what they need to hear. Good evening. I'm Ron Burgundy, and this is what's happening in your world tonight. Ron, quit being a little baby. The sperm isn't about you. Be a man and just tell everyone what they need to hear. I'm not a baby. I'm a man. I'm an anchor man. Ron, you're a fictional character from a movie. You don't really exist. You're not a real man. I'm a man who discovered the wheel and built the Eiffel Tower out of metal and brawn. That's what kind of man I am. Well, Ron, calm down, bro. Chill out. Love the character, love the movies. You do you, bro. I'm going to do me. But we just need to get this promo about Green Up done and finished. When we're done, you, me, we'll go with some hookers and blow. Is that cool? You're so wise. You're like a miniature Buddha covered in hair. You know how to cut to the core of me. 
wow thanks ron i appreciate it i think i'm fat and going bald but thanks bud greenuppodcast.com there's our site on the twitters at greenuppodcast if you're looking for a podcast about video games tv movies and you want some good laughs then green up podcast is where you need to be the greatest podcast out there even ron burgundy agrees right ron it's science all right so what do you say we start with your movie all right my movie is from 2012 mm-hmm. it is from darren lynn bousman and it is called the devil's carnival ah you're just in time for a story once upon a time heaven was a tower tower tethered in its pride there are three acts scheduled for tonight's performance not the ink was dried but hellish gardens flowered ivy cube climbed spread my filth my wings my weeds my weeds my son i know your people are gonna help me find him answers wait inside sir yes they can be so cruel Liar! You said you trusted me. I... I trust you. What is this place? Who are you? I'm the excuse you give when you cannot follow the rules. 666. 666. 666. 666 Listen up everyone We're putting heaven out of business Get ready for war Let me tell you a tale for a penny One that you cannot hear anywhere else Not anywhere else I heard from a birdie it doesn't and pretty it doesn't and well No it never ends well let me spin you a yawn for a cent. Lord, would it not be a sin for you to deny yourselves a <laughs> We're in the devil's All right, so like I said, this is directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, who, for those of you that don't know, he was responsible for uh, Saw 2, 3, and 4. Was he Did he do the original? No. Okay, you're right. He did not. 2, two 3, and 4, though. And uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, which is much more closely affiliated to this right. than the Saw movies. Very similar. Uh, mostly in the fact that they are both musicals. I did not realize when I picked this movie that it is only 56 minutes long. <laughs> um, but it's uh, basically about the Devil's Carnival. So it's not just a clever name. <laughs> which is hell. Um, when you are sent to hell, you go to this carnival and you are greeted by these performers and they sing songs about why you're damned basically yeah um the story is actually told by aesop's fables there are three different fables in this one um 
shit. The Toad and the Scorpion. Uh, the Devil and His Dew. And, um... Oh, is it the Dog in the Mirror? Is the Dog and it? Its Reflection. Yeah, that's the one. Um... So it's kind of an anthology in a way, but they all kind of interwove. Um, some familiar faces in this. Sean Patrick Flannery, a.k.a. Connor McManus. Uh, who, not hearing him with a thick Boston accent is a little, <laughs> a little strange. Um, also Bill Mosley with a very... Uh, Flamboyant. Okay, let's go with that. Uh, persona. Um, Terrence Zadunich, who played the grave robber. Grave? Yeah. Grave robber? Uh, yeah. In, in Repo. He plays Satan in this. Mm-hmm. Um, very talented singer. And uh, Paul Sorvino, which was a surprise. Yeah, he plays God. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have known <laughs> until, like, the end of the movie. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's about these these three characters. Um, John... Uh, Marywood and what was the other girl's name? Tamara. Tamara. There she is. Yes. And they they all are sent to hell at the same time and they go through the, the ticket booth into the, the Devil's Carnival. They have to follow the 666 rules <laughs> of the carnival. Like Like the devil... Uh, which is weird that they're like, okay, here's these rules in hell. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they basically are confronted with means of torture that are associated with the way that they died. Yes? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um... I don't want to give a lot of weight since the only movie is only 56 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I can, want to I just can imagine like, you very easily end up telling the entire fucking movie. Yeah, that's I, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Um, but like I, like I said, it's, it's told through Aesop's fables, which are being told from Lucifer to John's son, David. Mm-hmm. And then being recounted visually. Right, and yeah, each each fable applies directly to one of the three characters. Right. Um, and yeah, the connection between what's going on and, you know, the fable at times is a little tenuous. Yes. Um, but more or less, you know, you can easily draw, you know, a string from... One to the other, so. Yeah, like, you've got Marywood, who was a thief. And she, her story is told through the dog and its reflection, which is 
basically the story is about a dog that collects pennies and then is trying to look at his reflection and he ends up dropping all the pennies. Oh no, all my pennies. <laughs> Apparently pennies were worth a lot more back then. <laughs> um, and so her story correlates to that in a different way, obviously. She's not stealing pennies. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's a, there's a song about her. Sung by uh, the fucking singer Five Finger Death Punch. And he's just awful. Oh, that hobo clown? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that that was that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but that's Ivan L. Moody. Yeah. I only know that because I have it pulled up in front of me. But That's that's the one. That's the fucker. <laughs> I did not know that was him. It just sounds like you're saying like this the entire time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's pretty accurate. Five Finger Death Punch sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. And uh, and then you got Tamara, who was... Uh, in, in life, she was really into bad boys. And did the same in death. And she is the frog in The Frog and the Scorpion. And the scorpion is a bad boy knife thrower performer in the carnival. Named Scorpion. Clever. <laughs> and then John um, I guess it's not really that much of a spoiler since it happens like the first five minutes of the movie but he kills himself out of grief because he loses his son like physically loses him. Oh is that what it was? Yeah. Okay I thought his son had died. Well, he did, obviously, because he was in hell. But Sure. Unless that was all, like... I don't know. It was very confusing. It, yeah, I mean, they seem to focus more on the songs than the actual story. Yeah. Um, I mean, all three of these people are dead. We, we find that out at some point in the movie. but Pretty much right away. Yeah, but it... At the point when they all die, aside from John, like, I didn't realize that the other two were dead. Like, Miss uh, Miss Marywood, she apparently kind of went down in a, uh, you know, blaze of glory um, because she's a thief and the cops tracked her down and started shooting up the mobile home or RV or whatever the hell she was in. Mm -hmm. And apparently she died, but it was like this weird transition, I assume, like her descent into hell in one way or another. But it's like, what is it like her, the room starts filling up with like like confetti or something? Well, at first I think it's um, like locusts, but then they, they they turn into confetti when the clowns come in. Okay. I think it was locusts or bats or something. But so, yeah, and then like the clowns start coming in and everything turns to confetti. Yeah, and there's just very little indication that she's died. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and same goes with Tamara. Yeah, Tamara, her boyfriend was outside her car screaming at her. Yeah. And then it was like the car like froze over or something. Yeah. And then next thing you knew, she was in hell. Yeah, so I mean, aside from John, who like slid his wrists. Yeah. Very little indication or hint that these people are dead. So, um, 
And honestly, I mean, it's something that once you start figuring out what the Devil's Carnival is, it's not very apparent right away that it's hell. At least to me. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I'm saying these things, they're not necessarily bad things, I suppose. I mean, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation um, and for you to... For I mean, it's it's definitely not a movie for stupid people. In that it doesn't like just say, "Well, here's everything," and you know, start shoving it in your face. <laughs> it's like here's the whole story right here. Um, kind of like lays it out for you slowly and lets you kind of come to conclusions on your own. Yeah. Um, but in a way that it it moves slowly enough. It's funny saying that movie. It's fifty five minutes long. Moves slowly enough. Um, but it does move slowly enough to where you can come to those conclusions at your own speed and not be lost in the movie. Because there's enough going on to where it the movie flows on its own without those kind of underlying metaphors, I guess. True. Yeah. yeah. Um. Another familiar face in this movie is Navek Ogre, who uh, he was the, I can't remember his name, but he was the brother in Repo, the one who always wore the mask. Oh, yeah. Um, he's actually the singer for the band Skinny Puppy. Okay. Um, he plays a character by the name of The Twin, who is just this demon-looking guy with a huge top hat. He's like a lizard or something. Something like that, yeah. I mean, he's got, like, scaly skin. Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, the characters are not entirely flushed out. They don't really explain who certain characters are or why they are what they are. Yeah, which is a little, which it makes it confusing at times. Uh huh. Um, but that may have been um, by design. Possibly, yeah. I get the feeling that the twin, like, because there, there's one, <laughs> you know, normally twins are two, yeah. but I get the feeling that he's like a, he can change his shape. Yeah. I, 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 when, when you see what his abilities are, I feel like the name, the twin kind of makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, and the, the end of the movie is seemingly completely unrelated to the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and um it 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 doesn't just set up a sequel. Like it is the opening scene of a sequel. Right. And if you've seen the trailer for the sequel, then you already know how the first one ends. And I I have not seen the trailer yet, so Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it it tells you straight up what happens at the end of the movie. Um, right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm looking at the cast list for the sequel, which is called The Devil's Carnival Alleluia. Um, and there's some more singers in it. Uh, Tech Nine is actually in it. Oh, God. And uh, Jimmy Urin, the singer from Mindless Self-Indulgence, oh, is in sake. it. <laughs> um, David Hasselhoff is in it. Oh, man. Uh, Bria Grant is in it. Barry Bostwick is in it. (laughs) 
So it's quite the cast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's it's surprising to me that honestly, before you picked this for us to watch, I'd never heard of it. Really? Yeah. It's completely unknown to me until I, you know, looked into it. That surprises me. Yeah, me too. Especially because I like I didn't know it was even Darren Lynn Bowsman until I started watching it. Wow, yeah, that really surprises me. Yeah. Um I don't remember if I said this, but this is actually written by Terrence Zadinich. I I hope I I'm saying that name right, but he's the guy that plays Lucifer. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um I think he actually I believe he co wrote Repo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. So, um, yeah, the songs are, some of them are catchy, but I feel like they don't contribute to the story as much as the songs in Repo do. No, because they're not really part of the story at all. Yeah. They're more like uh, vignettes or transitions between scenes. Yeah, I agree fully. Yeah, um. And yeah, that like I was watching it, and I'm thinking, <clears throat> thinking to myself, why don't these work as well as they did in, in Repo? And that was be, because the songs were part of the story in Repo. Like, yeah, I mean, it was a proper musical, and that parts, you know, elements of the story were told by song. In that, this was <clears throat> more or less a just a straight movie or you know, straight film. With musical interludes. I feel like Repo was written to be a musical. Yeah. And I feel like this was a bunch of songs that they wanted to make into a movie. Yeah, I could believe that. Um, and as opposed to the songs in Repo, which were very... Um, I guess they were very fleshed out and um, well executed and for the most part had you know good people singing them uh, these ones seemed a little weaker like, they, I don't know they just didn't seem like they were as good yeah um, and definitely not as good good people singing them which is funny because a lot of the people in Repo weren't singers like and, Paris Hilton yeah well, she calls herself a singer. <laughs> um, uh, and then also a lot of, I should say, a lot of people in this one are actual singers by trade. Yeah. And so for it to just not, there's just kind of weak songs. It was a little surprising, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little, a little disappointing. Dis- a little, yeah, I was going to say a little disappointing at the same time. <clears throat> um yeah, yeah. Um, well, we actually have. Uh, I was gonna say this is definitely my ver. This is my version of hell, having to fucking hang out in a carnival all the time <laughs> with a bunch of fucking weirdos and the guy from Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> and fucking clowns and just weird shit all the goddamn time for for a fucking eternity. That is a fucking nightmare. So they got you there. Yeah, they, they yeah they pegged me here. Um, but Bill Mosley's there. 
I don't want to hang out with that Bill Mosley. <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> how do we describe his voice? Flamboyant? Yeah. Like, when you listen to him talk, he his voice is very soft, and it's very high-pitched, and it he sounds very timid when he talks. Yeah. And it's just... The first time I heard him, I was like, whoa, that is not the same Bill Mosley that I'm used to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another part of it being this my this being my version of hell is just people fucking walking around singing all the goddamn time. <laughs> and one guy with a giant whip that just whips you as you walk by. Right. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, yeah. Uh, so every episode we, we ask you guys to send in your thoughts. And none of you ever fucking do. But luckily, <laughs> this episode, one of you did. Uh, that person is Max Zaleski, who has been on the show before. But he, when we sent out the notification that we would be reviewing this movie and asked people for their feedback, he sent this in. My girlfriend and I went and saw a double feature of Repo, the Genetic Opera, and The Devil's Carnival. I met Darren Lynn Bousman and Terrence Zedinich, and Max is a dick. <laughs> A lot of fun, and some of the songs from the Devil's Carnival are some of my favorite musical pieces in any movie of all time. The second Devil's Carnival, Alleluia, just got its first true teaser trailer and shows Tech 9 as the librarian as Heaven and Hell clash. Be sure to watch and tell the credits of the first Devil's Carnival for a hauntingly beautiful song that was ultimately cut from the movie but added as a mid-credit surprise. Hail Satan. Nice finish. <laughs> so yeah, fuck Max, because he got to meet Darren Lynn Bousman. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Especially the um, the uh, double feature with Repo. I, I love Repo. Repo's great. Um, Which I, I think is kind of the reason, like, maybe I had higher hopes for this. Yeah. Um, I just remembered another reason why I liked Repo so much was because it had uh, Sarah Brightman in it. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's a revelation. <laughs> um, anyway, uh... I, I, I don't know. This being such a short movie, I don't think there's like there's too much to say about it. Yeah, I think we've pretty much said it. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I should say that the the ending, like you said, was like the very ending. I guess was kind of just went off somewhere. Yeah, like I mean, and just reading Max's thing that kind of gave gave it away. And like I said, the trailer to to the sequel gives it away that the, the sequel is about a war between heaven and hell mm-hmm. um and the 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 path of the char- the characters that you follow throughout the movie uh kind of spurs off in another direction and you're kind of like what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah um and I see that Ms. Mary Wood is supposed to be in the sequel which is interesting all right, as some as her as the same character. The character, yeah. The fuck? Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. But uh, of course, that may have just been a little bit of a spoiler. It's hell. <laughs> but you're already dead. Well, maybe that's why she's coming back. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not too much of a spoiler because you know you're in hell. You're presumably you're already dead, but. Somehow these characters die again. Yeah. And they don't come back. I mean, you'd think, you know, this is eternity be, you know, eternal torment. You know, maybe you get killed and you come back and you get killed again for the rest of time. But 
There's people that just get killed and they don't come back. Yeah, if that is the case where you come back, then we we never see that. Yeah. But maybe it is the case. Maybe. I don't know. There's so many questions left unanswered. We need answers, Bousman. <laughs> uh, all right, well, is that it? Numbers. What do you got? I'm, I think I'm going to say four, honestly. I don't know that I'd watch this again. You know, that's the number that sticks out in my head, but I feel like that's like that's too low. Because I, I, I don't... Like it wasn't hard to watch. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. But like you said, I don't think I would I would watch it again. I would watch it again if someone else was watching it. But like if I was at home on a Saturday or something, I, I wouldn't turn this on Netflix again. Yeah, this definitely would be my go-to. And I think if somebody... If somebody else is watching it, I might say, is there something else we could watch? <laughs> <laughs> See, I wouldn't go that far. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a five. Right. Okay, so next up is the movie I picked. Uh, for us, it's a brand new movie. We actually got its original release <clears throat> Excuse me, last year. <clears throat> uh, it's a movie called Horns. I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. Just love me for the rest of mine. Please, you have to believe me. I loved her. What does it feel like to get away with murder? You come and to save your soul. I should ask the devil to punish you over killing You know, you don't have to convince me. I believe you. Why are you protecting me? Because if I did anything to her, then I'm a monster. How do I look? Did you notice anything unusual? Anything what? What are they? You know how I think we should proceed? I should grind me up some Oxycontin and have a little snort. Well, um... Everyone in this town is going crazy. I think it's because of me and these horns. You killed that innocent girl, now the devil has claimed you. He didn't kill her father, and now people are telling me all these things I don't want to hear. I'm so bad, I'm bad. I'm pretty enough to be on TV, right? We gotta figure out who really killed Marin and get him to confess. Big. I would never hurt her. Tell me, tell me everything that happened. Admit you killed her. It'd be such a huge scoop for me. I got an idea. How about you guys beat the heck out of each other, and the winner gets an exclusive interview with me. What's that snake doing around your neck? Made a new friend. Are those horns? Damn right, they're horns. Okay, so this movie was directed by Alexander Aja, who, as a rule, I don't typically like very much. As a rule? <laughs> well, I mean, not, not necessarily as a rule, but, you know, usually... Um, Based on what? Which uh, movies of his have you not enjoyed? Um, you know what? I take that back. He didn't direct some movies that I thought he had. Um, he directed High Tension, which, despite popular opinion, I really don't like. 
Really? I really don't. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think I'd... That's something that I would, like, actually avoid because I didn't like it so much. Interesting. See, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it, but I definitely don't have that much vitriol towards it that you do. Yeah, I thought it was really bad. (laughs) Anyway, but he did direct uh, Hills Have Eyes, which wasn't too bad. One of the better remakes. Yeah. Um, Also P2, which was pretty good. Mirrors, which was pretty critically panned, but I I enjoyed it mainly because of Kiefer Sutherland. But but then also Piranha 3D, um, and oh, he did the pyramid. I want to see that pyramid. Have you seen the trailer for that? Uh, I I don't think I've seen. I think I've seen stuff for it. I haven't seen it. You should watch the trailer. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also directed Maniac. Or no, sorry, you didn't. Produced, he produced it as well as Piranha it. 3D. Yeah, so and he didn't direct P2 apparently. He directed Piranha 3D. Yes. Oh, we got some smooth jazz. Sweet. Anyway, um, so enough about smooth Aja. jazz. Oh, <laughs> yeah, enough of that too. Um. This movie stars Harry Potter, and and the guy from the river. The guy from the river. Yep. That show, The River, that was on ABC. Remember that? No. 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 <laughs> What's that face? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, Joe, Joe Anderson. He was he was in a show called The River. It was kind of a supernatural, horror-y kind of show. Oh, it was on ABC. Don't think I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Just check it out. It was all right. All right. Can I do this first? Would you, please? <laughs> okay, this movie is about a guy named Ig. Um, he and his girlfriend, Marin. I thought his name was Egg for like a third of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because it's a lot of uh, Canadians. Uh, and but maybe, the movie takes place in Washington. Right. Even though it's very clearly filmed in British Columbia. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to be in, like, kind of the Seattle area. They do say Tacoma at one point. Right. Well, I mean, they don't say that the, 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 the events are taking place in Tacoma, but they talk about Tacoma. Right. Um, to look at the scenery, it kind of appears that it would be somewhere in, like, Snoqualmie Valley somewhere. Yeah. Or farther up north. Sure. Um, but yeah, they kind of gave you the presumption that it takes place somewhere in the Puget Sound area. Yeah. Seattle or, you know, something. But those of us who live here know that there is no area in Seattle that looks anything like that. Right. (laughs) Um, anyway, so, uh, Ig and his girlfriend, Marin are childhood sweethearts. Played by uh, Juno Temple. Right. Um, deeply in love. And uh, it's kind of a almost a cold open a little bit in that we almost immediately discover that Marin has been murdered. Um, and, of course, Ig is the primary suspect. Uh, almost or essentially his entire town is convinced that he is to blame, um, that because it's not even the evidence really points to him. 
I mean, there doesn't seem to be any evidence accusing him of it, other than uh, some, you know, some sketchy eyewitness accounts. Yeah. Which, you know, anybody that has watched Law and Order knows those aren't reliable. <laughs> um, anyway, so basically his whole town is against him. I mean, this is, this is the people he grew up with. He's lived in this town his entire life. And, um, and now the entire town's against him. And they're really showing no... They don't hold it back at all. Um, I mean, they are fully open to how much they hate him. Um, So, Egg gets really shitty drunk one night and wakes up next to... I guess she's a childhood friend of his, but she's kind of the town skank a little bit. Yeah. Um, wakes up next to her. She's and, a town bicycle. Right. And realizes that he's begun to sprout horns from his head. Um, no real explanation for it, but they do continue to get larger and become more pronounced until they're just full on, basically like goat horns. <laughs> um, he tries to consult the doctor to figure out why. He tries to consult his family and his friends. And he's discovering that not only is are is everyone that he encounters just embittered and violently against him, um, but they seem compelled to tell him exactly what they're thinking, regardless of what it might be, or you know the, the subject matter, or anything. They just feel compelled to tell him, like kind of their deepest sins almost. Yeah, they seem to tell him. The, the worst parts of them. Right. Um. And the, 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 the first one, is, it's that, that girl that you were talking about, and she's just like, can I have this donut? <laughs> he's like, yeah, fuck, I don't care, whatever. Yeah, just she's like, the fucking donut. She's like, can I have all six of these donuts? She's like, should I eat all of them? And then she just like shoves the whole donut in her mouth. And she's just like, ugh, that was disgusting. Should I have another one? <laughs> and he's like, why the fuck Why the fuck would you eat another one if you just said that one made you feel sick? It's just like, I want to get really fat. Yeah. And you think that she's maybe just stoned. I mean, this is pretty early on in the movie, so you think maybe she's just, like, stoned or... Still drunk still or something. Still drunk yeah. or something, yeah. Um, and she, But it turns out she's just... She just hates Conf- herself. Confessing to him, basically. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it just it, it continues on, and you find that these horns have given him some kind of power over people to where not only is it come to where they have absolutely no issue telling him exactly what they think of him, uh, in, you know, his family included, is at one point his mother tells him that she wants him to leave and never come back, and she doesn't want him to be her son anymore. And she does it with such sweetness. Yeah. I mean, she's not mean about it. Well, although it, the fact that she has such a such a comforting tone to her voice, like that motherly tone, 
but it's the the words she's saying are so hateful. Yeah, it's it's very off-putting. It, yeah, it almost gives you like kind of a internal like primal f- uncomfortableness. I well, guess. Yeah, because it's like you feel for her, but the things she's saying are so terrible. Yeah, I mean you feel for Ig too because I mean can can you even imagine your own mother saying that to you? No, not at all. Yeah, I mean like I know my mother. For her to say a bad thing about pretty much anyone, you know she's really got to hate you. And so to even just picture her saying something even remotely like that to me is just heartbreaking to even think about it. <laughs> so um, it's that kind of thing going on pretty much all over town. Um, and he's he's using it to discover... Who actually killed Marin? And that's kind of like the all-encompassing premise of the movie, is that Ig is on this quest to find out who killed Marin. Because while he's not convinced that he didn't do it himself, he's pretty damn sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you, you, you do see a flashback to where some cops come wake him up. He's passed out in his car you know, with a bottle. Um, and the cops wake him up the morning that they have found Marin's dead body. Um, so he really has no clue. And, you know, he has people telling him that there are eyewitness accounts of, uh, his actions leading up to the event. And, you know, there's, there's a witness that, Claims to have seen exactly what happened. Yeah, fucking Heather Graham. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, yeah, I, didn't I wasn't know she expecting was in this. that. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that's that's essentially the entire movie. He's he's just on this mission using his newfound powers to discover who actually killed Marin. So um, yeah, and this is this is based on a book by Joe Hill um, called Horns. Uh, followed essentially the same premise. Um, this was a this was a long movie. I should mention this is like over two hours long. Is it over two hours? IMDb has it listed as two hours. Oh, you know what? I think maybe the movie itself is two hours. I think including credits is probably longer. Oh, okay. Um. So, what do you think? Um. I liked it. It it didn't really come across as a horror movie. Uh, in you know, yeah, in hindsight, no. It's it's almost like a supernatural crime procedural. A little bit, yeah. Because, like you said, it's it's all about him trying to piece clues together to figure out who the real killer is. Right. And then he just happens to have giant beast horns. Right. <laughs> um. The. The whole concept and idea of these horns, it's never ex- really explained. Yeah. Th- and I don't, you don't really know where they came from or why. Or why, yeah. And I think that's the big thing is like, why did this, why is this happening? Uh, I mean, because there's, there's some, there are some religious undertones. Definitely. Through the entire movie. But they're not glaring and it's not. It's definitely not 
at least I don't think it's a big um, element to the story itself. I think it's maybe just kind of a, a sub. Um, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just just a small element of of the story itself. Well, it's not preachy, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not like. Uh, it's not like a religious horror where you know something like The Exorcist or something where that where it's that whole the whole religious aspect of it is very prominent. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from the fact that he's growing horns and seems to have these very Satan, you know, devil-like powers for whatever reason, that's probably the biggest connection to any kind of religion. Um, I mean, you know, Mary. Just the whole thing with her cross, too. right? But that's kind of a an underlying, or you know, an undertone. I think. Yeah. I don't know. If that's necessarily a major plot point. Maybe, maybe closer to the end. And I don't say too much about that because I don't want to give give anything away. But, I will say I figured out who the killer was pretty early on. Really? Yeah. Okay. Did you? Um. I had my suspicions. Uh, I don't know if maybe I figured out or started to suspect it the same time you did or not. I I don't know. I also figured out her secret pretty much immediately. Really? Which, I mean, that's I I think that's a little easier to catch, but... Okay. I, pretty, I pretty much the beginning of the movie I, I knew what was going on i I can see that um it's not something I picked up on like it wasn't revealed to me till the end um but i can in, in hindsight I can definitely see that 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 could be picked up on pretty easily. The movie does kind of take a turn um it's it's a little more lighthearted in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then it gets pretty dark in the second half. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might break it up a little more. I'd say it was pretty kind of light, a little, almost a little goofy in the beginning. And I think in, more in the middle got kind of dark. And then at the end, it got kind of fantastical and, you know, kind of whimsical a little bit. Yeah. Um, which... I don't know. That kind of pulled me out of it a little bit. Yeah. I I would have preferred it just kind of stuck with, like, either... Well, I mean, it kind of set a tone at a certain point where it's just like, okay, just stick with the dark element of it because that's what's... That's what's selling me here. Right. Um, uh... Yeah, I but, got I got really into it when it got darker. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like I kind of enjoyed it in passing when it was more lighthearted and joking, and then when it got really dark, I kind of got into it more. Yeah, but then the third act, when like you said, it got a little more fantastical. It, it yeah, it just took me out of it. I was like, oh, all right, that's happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's when it turned into. You know, I say fantastic. It turned into fucking Harry Potter. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it turned into something, you know, like the weird kids that would wear like, cloaks to school. That's some stuff shit they'd be into, you know? <laughs> you know, the kids that, you know, would just hang out with their laptops and you know, play magic all day. and <laughs> Those kind of kids. <laughs> the indoor kids. <laughs> the pale kids. Right. <laughs> no offense to all our pale indoor friends in trench coats. <laughs> um, and I remember what I was going to say. Um, you know, you said you figured it out. Like, you figured the ending out pretty early on. Um, and I said that I had my ideas, I had my suspicions, but... I have to say that it did keep me wondering in that I, th- I feel like a good uh, a good plot point was that Ig didn't know himself whether or not he, for sure, whether or not he had actually killed her. Yeah. And his own um, doubts for, of himself, you know, made me doubt him too. So I, th- I think that was a good um, plot device, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, when I say I figured it out, I didn't, like, I didn't know. Right. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, that's who it is. But I had my suspicion, and I ended up being right. Right. But I didn't know for sure until the actual reveal. Mm-hmm. And this movie has a lot of snakes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which as we discussed in our in our haunted house reviews I do not do well with um, when he said when he had snakes crawling all over him were you like ape no <laughs> but only because the snakes were so fake looking <laughs> they were so obviously CGI <laughs> that it just didn't do anything for me other than like when they when they first came on screen and there was like a dozen or so just snakes just crawling around. I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I guess the snakes kind of sold the whole devil thing. Sure. Aside from that, I don't really know what the point was. Yeah, I don't either. What did you think about him carrying a pitchfork? I thought it was a little hokey. It was a little cornball. Yeah. I, I didn't pay much attention to it, but yeah, it was a little. Meh. <laughs> I felt like 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 the pitchfork should have said, "Get it <laughs> on it," like because <laughs> I'm the devil. <laughs> I'm the devil. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little weird hearing Daniel Radcliffe do an American accent. Yeah, and he did it surprisingly well. He did, and uh, Joe Anderson, who plays his brother, is also a Brit. Is he? Yeah, I know. I'd seen him before. Or in, in, he's the one you said he was in that ABC show. Or, the River, yeah. Um, I, he's in The Crazies, too. That's probably where you recognize him from. Maybe. Maybe in the back of my mind, but I feel like I've seen him in something else. Uh, across the Universe? No, not that. Then I don't know. Watch it be something stupid and embarrassing. <laughs> like Love Happens? <laughs> Because that's the only other thing I've seen or that I've heard of on his 
Yeah, no, nothing else looks familiar. Maybe it's maybe he looks like someone else. I don't know. Anyway, regardless, he's got a very distinct voice. I suppose. I I thought he had an interesting voice. Yeah. I, I feel like he's just one of those people. Like you can hear his voice and you go, "Oh, that's fucking Joe Anderson." If you like, if you know who he is, right? You know what I? Mean? I don't know. He because he, you know, he talked like this. Well, that makes sense if he's a Brit because for some reason Brits seem to think Americans talk in really high pitched nasally voices. <laughs> or or we all have southern accents, right? <laughs> but like, I think the most obvious version of that was like. Um, with um, oh sh- Hugh Laurie doing House, mm, yeah. Like if you listen to him do House, you know it's not. He doesn't sound like a nerd or anything like that. But if you listen to him just speak in his natural voice, it's much deeper and and slower. So <laughs> I don't know why Brits think we talk like that, but anyway. And Juno Temple is a Brit too. Yeah. Huh. Why didn't they just set this movie in England? <laughs> <laughs> Tax breaks? I don't know. Uh, I'm seeing here that uh, Shia LaBeouf was actually originally set to play the lead, but... That would have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a fucking train wreck. So, we mentioned earlier uh, Marin's Cross, which actually becomes... A bit of a, a plot point in itself. What did you think of that? Uh, I thought it was a little heavy-handed. Yeah, I think that was that was the point, and I think that, that seemed a little preachy. Yeah, that that in and of itself. I mean, just in a, in a contained area, that was its. Yeah, like you said, itself very preachy and uh, unnecessary to an extent um, and the the God I don't know what's gonna be saying too much <laughs> yeah we're kind of like talking in code here but it's like if, if, if you've seen the movie you know what we're, what we're talking about right but if you haven't seen it we don't want to tell you mm-hmm um, we don't want to give away major points of the of the story, right? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I should say it, it did seem a little corny. I think um, that it seemed to be a very God. It, it seemed to be a very powerful thing. Yeah, um, and no real explanation why. I mean, it seemed like Marin was put up on this pedestal. By everyone. By everyone, yeah. And I don't know. I guess because maybe she was already dead and not really a main character. Um, and, you know, every image of her in the entire movie is a flashback. Right. So you don't really get to know her as well as any of the other characters. That's true. So, I don't know. Maybe she was, I guess, maybe just this, you know, living saint. Um, I guess. But, I mean, just to see the the few clips of her didn't really seem that way. Especially when they're banging in the tree tree (laughs) house. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was another thing that was weird. I mean, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, and I haven't seen an entire Harry Potter, Harry Potter movie. Uh, but it was really weird watching Harry Potter suck on a boob. <laughs> <laughs> I, my wife was sitting there watching it with me, and she's a huge Harry Potter fan. And throughout the movie, I'm like, oh, Harry Potter sucking on a boob. <laughs> she's like, no, Harry. <laughs> like, oh, Harry Potter's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Like, oh, Harry Potter just said fuck. <laughs> he said fuck a lot. He did. There, that was like, that was like probably in like the top twenty most used words in the entire movie, <laughs> in, you know, including words like and and the. <laughs> um, so our hashtag for this episode is going to be hashtag Harry Potter sucking on a boob. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. Um. I guess that's everything. I mean, we're tr- treading on spoiler territory here, so I don't want to keep going unless there's something else to say. Um, no, I don't really have anything else. The only other thing I want to say is I feel like there were some plot devices that were... I guess they weren't even plot devices because they were totally unnecessary. Such as? Like the thing with the cherry bombs... Like, what was the point of that? Uh, don't really it, know. It never really came into play later in the movie, so... I mean, there were... There was an element to that where it kind of alluded to future events a little bit, but it wasn't... But if you cut that out, would it have made a difference? No. Exactly. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I mean, there was... Scenes like that where they weren't necessarily um, out of context or un- unuseful, I guess, but unnecessary. Yeah. So, I, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I guess if there's nothing really else to say, then maybe we just talk numbers here. Okay. Um, I did enjoy it, but I did not really view it as a horror movie, and I thought the ending was a little overdone. Um, I'll give it a six. Okay. Uh, you know, I think I'm probably going to say pretty much the same thing. Uh, I enjoyed most of it. Um, the whole thing with the cross, I thought was kind of dumb. <laughs> but um, yeah, in the very ending, I, I I didn't like the ending. Me neither. I, I thought there were just a dozen different ways they could have gone with it, and the the thing that they did was just kind of dumb but that's not to say that the rest of the movie wasn't pretty good um and so yeah i think i'm probably gonna say six too we're the devils the devils <laughs> all right so that wraps up another episode of the great plot podcast hope you enjoyed it did you have a fun time taylor i did
I enjoyed it immensely. Was it nice to have me back? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I'm hard to put up with. So tune in next episode when me and Carlos Rodella will... <laughs> <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> Sorry. Carlos Muertos. Don't uh, worry, we'll get really shitty and it'll be fun again. <laughs> We're gonna get really shitty? Yeah. Like, drunk? Yeah, why not? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So, make sure you go to graveplotpodcast.com, subscribe to the show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Instagram, um, I don't know, Friendster, MySpace. Alright, remember to check us out and all the other podgods on podgodsnetwork.com. And uh, that's going to do it for us. And go buy a t-shirt or a hoodie or some buttons. Yeah, go buy our shit. Yeah. (laughs) If you follow us on Twitter, we uh, throw out some discounts every once in a while. Right. Because we love the fans. That's why. (laughs) All right. So, until next time, I am Skeletoni. And I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all just a little dead inside. Sitting at home with my dick on hard So I got the black book for a freak to call Picked up the telephone and dialed the seven digits Said, yo this RC baby, are you down with it? I arrived at her house, knocked on the door Not having no idea what the night had in store I'm like a dog in heat, a freak without warning Appetite for sex cause me so horny Ask me why I fuck so much I say, what's wrong baby doll with a quick nut You can say I'm desperate, even call me perverted But you say I'm a dog when I leave you fucked and deserted Your dad'll be disgusted when he sees your pussy busted Your mom'll be so mad if she knew I got that ass I'm a freaking heat, a dog without warning My appetite is sex cause me so